galloping major. Love joy, actually. <laughs> I'm I'm replete of taco now. Yeah, we've been in a, we've been a, they'd never it, either of you neither of you been to a Taco Bell. I have been to a Taco Bell before, you but have. it was twenty years ago. Jeez. In Canada. And oh, I wow. I have never been anywhere. <laughs> so I definitely hadn't had a Taco Em is very excited. There is photographic oh, evidence of the, the Taco Bell. It was very tasty. I feel it's the food of podcasting. And they have <laughs> they have it in California. Crisps. Yeah, cinnamon crisps that were like very weird. But cinnamon quavers. Weirdly, quavers. I quite liked them. I don't know. It's kind of a whole world mm. of wrong. After the first one, which was weird, I was like, I like them now. No. That's what they. That's what Taco Bell want to happen. I know. So they can sell you. I wouldn't. Air. I probably wouldn't get them again. Air. Yeah, I probably wouldn't get cinnamon them again. air with a layer of fat. <laughs> yeah, it's deep fried. Layer of deep fried cinnamon air. But we like the chalupas. If any of you do happen to live near a Taco Bell, I recommend a chalupa. Right, they're not. They're not sponsoring us. So, you know. <laughs> Maybe they'll hear this and be like, we're the only Taco Bell in England. No, uh, there's quite a few now. There's a few now, apparently. There's one near where I work. There's like four in London, five in London. What? I know. Mm. Well, sorry, listener, if you don't have a Taco Bell near you, this is not the Taco Bell podcast. Yeah, you probably don't as well. Like, chances are you don't. They probably have a podcast. Yeah. Anyway, so so moving on. Welcome to to Lovejoy Actually. A podcast about Lovejoy. Where have you been? (laughs) <laughs> because we're already on series four, episode seven, and I'm Helen, Helen. and I'm Paul, and I'm Em. Hello. Yeah, series four, episode seven, the galloping major. And do you, do you, I, go on, give us your TV play summary. Yes. So this is interesting. Much loved British comedy drama series. Oh, I've sold that off me. I, I feel say like that. that's what we call it. <laughs> it yes. is, but but I mean, by this point, it probably was much loved. Much loved British comedy drama series. A cannon bursts through into the cellar of Tinker's favourite pub, and Lovejoy seeks out expert opinion on its worth. Hmm. I mean, I mean that's not I mean, really the first say, bit. Mm, not so much. There was no. a little bit more to it than that. Yeah, I mean, there is a cannon. There is a cannon. There's it's about a cannon. A cannon I think and there isn't. There is a canonical expert. That's not right. Canonical is something a little bit <laughs> yes, different. That's yeah. a expert different on cannons. A cannon expert and ballistics. Hang on, wait. Ballistics, expert. maybe ballistics expert. Plural of cannon is cannon, right? It's not cannon. I think oh, it's it cannons. cannons. I think it's cannons. I think it's, I think it's cannon. Well, it's probably all those ones where technically... Cannon to the left of them. (laughs) Cannon to the right of them. That's right, isn't it? It's not cannon. Here I am, stuck in the middle (laughs) with you. (laughs) That's what I thought you were quoting. I was like, cannon. (laughs) (laughs) We haven't had any booze. We haven't. We're drinking tea tea and coffee. It's the middle of the day. Okay, I'll be honest with you. We actually had to stop recording at this point because I laughed so much at Polly and Helen singing Steeler's Wheel that um, I had to get up and get myself a glass of wine to recover. Um, but while I've got you here, I want to say a massive thank you to our patrons, Kevin, Claudia, Owen, Mary and Kim. Um, we pledged 10% of our Patreon cash to Royal Trinity Hospice, who looked after Dudley Sutton at the end of his life. And they're really, really thankful for all of the support at the moment because their shops are closed um, due to the coronavirus outbreak. Um, so if you want to make a donation to Royal Trinity, then find us online at Lovejoy Apod and click the link in our bio because that goes through to their fundraising page um, or follow the link that I'll pop in the show notes. 
Okay, I think that was about the same amount of time as it took me to get the wine out of the fridge. So, back to it. All right. right Cheers, so. everybody. Cheers. Cheers. Seems I have sneaked. Emma now has wine. I've got a glass of wine <laughs> after my delightful Taco Bell. And I've got lemon and ginger tea. And I'm having a coffee. Mm. I do like a lemon and ginger tea. So this is the Gallaby Majors. So this is a Terry, Terry Hodgkinson. It is. Hello, Terry. Uh, hi, Terry. How are you Terry. doing? And it reminded me, now I can't remember if the last one was a, a Terry that opened with, or didn't open with, but included a posh couple having a furious row, because it was very funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's a rowing couple who are brilliant. In fact, it wasn't. It was the, uh, what's his name? Um, it was the one with, it, with a, an, another GNU was the one where the couple had the furious oh, row because they, they robbed their house. house and they had the hilarious row and I've forgotten who, who wrote it. I, it was the guy who wrote Fly the Flag. <laughs> it was, helping, exactly. It? That's exactly what I was, uh, we'll yes. remember his name. But yes, there's an elderly couple, not even that, I said, I said elderly in my notes, but actually they weren't that old, but older couple and the having guy a row. Douglas and Watkinson. Bigger. And you, th- you think that they're going to be turn out to be like dodgy characters because they're like sort of skulking around he seemed a bit he yeah. seemed dodgy but I mean spoiler alert they weren't dodgy no. they were just save the day quite amazing yeah. and they quite were really lovely characters yeah and the man was played by Harry Landis who was Michael Caine before Michael Caine was Michael Caine so Michael Caine had the career Harry Landis could have had but Harry Landis was in Lovejoy and Michael Caine yeah. Michael Caine missed out on that particular <laughs> delight so <laughs> who's who's better off now then? who's laughing now <laughs> Harry Landis is probably dead. South London boys. But yeah, so that, that was nice. A gentle bit of matrimonial uh, yeah. <laughs> really. The husband is rowing with the wife because she reverses into Lovejoy's pickup and smashes the back light. Oh, yes. And he's like, you stupid woman. How are you? What are you doing? You daft old kipper. Yeah, yeah, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. And because they, they've gone to this auction to get something valued. Um, but yeah, they don't actually do that. They scarper when they realise they've smashed Lovejoy's light but actually well as they have a discussion like should we leave our details or not the husband wants to leave the details oh yeah the wife is like no let's just go let's just go no one knows it's it was only a backlight it's only like you know, mm. it's, yeah, it's not the end of the world um so yeah then we so we meet them they're, they're fun and then and then Lovejoy comes out he's all thrilled about something and quickly to be uh well, what is it? It's like hubris, isn't it? Really? Yeah. Because he comes out with the auction or thrill because of what he's bought. Oh, he's bought a chest, isn't he? He's bought a um. He's bought a load of few different lots, hasn't he? At this auction, I feel yeah. like he's bought and he's buying them all with cash, so he's he's flush with money. Yeah. Yes, he is. Oh, well, presumably from the pile of money that he got from Solomon at the end. The wad. The wad of the money. token of appreciation. Indeed. Give that thought of reward. Indeed. But here's your reward. And here's your reward. <laughs> um, but yeah, his uh, his joy is quickly shattered, isn't it? Yeah, it's a good bit of fourth wall breakage. He's absolutely furious. Well, you would be though, like, wouldn't you? It's, I mean, it's annoying, but again, it's not like ma- most massive thing that can go wrong. I mean, it's annoying, but it's, it's not annoying. like... I suppose, good. yeah, he's made some money, but now he's like, oh, I've already got to lay out some of my profit because this has gone wrong. Yeah. And um, so they go off to the scrapyard. On Eric's get... suggestion. So Eric's oh, like, well, let's just go to... Because he's he like, says... oh, it cost me 50 quid. And now it's like, well, you go down Barry Flynn's he made a great, scrapyard, you get then, 15 quid or whatever it is. He says, the best thing, good thinking, Eric, both brain cells working. <laughs> yeah. Which I love. I think that's just a Poor great word. Well, Eric. Mean, Eric. it is pretty good. And uh, who was running the scrapyard? Not, sorry, Barry, not Barry. And sorry, I, called, I said Barry Flynn, that's someone else. That's it's Frankie else. O'Connor's Frank, scrapyard. Yeah. Frankie, Frankie O'Connor. O'Connor. So we meet Frankie, who is... Spoken from bottom. Oh, yes. he was. Spoken. Of course he was. I've actually researched this. I couldn't place him. His name 
name is Stephen O'Donnell. Yes, so I quite like that he was. Who was Fra- it? Frankie O'Connor. Frankie O'Connor. Stephen Type, O'Donnell. Typecast again. What I like is the consistency with Eric's fear of dogs, which we've forgotten about. We haven't had that for <laughs> yes. a while. Yeah. So Thomas' oh, scrapyard has got to have a few dogs hanging about. Absolutely. So they go down, down, go down Frankie O'Connor's scrapyard <laughs> to get this new Sorry. backlight. And this is where we get the prison reference again, because like Frankie O'Connor's like, "Oh, Barry Flynn." Oh yeah, Barry. Says hi. Barry you were, says hi. You were hi. inside together. He's my brother-in-law's cousin. <laughs> Some <laughs> random. Like. I love the fact that, that as, as though prison is, you know, some of you might say, "Oh, my mate was in a choir that you were in." You know, <laughs> he says hi. That's what happens in our little middle-class world. This one, oh yeah, you guys are in prison together. This is actually quite. Uh, he makes this comment to the fourth wall that was quite telling, though, and we get we get this in quite a lot of Terry episodes. The sort of little flicker of a slightly deeper love mm. where he says, "Everyone who's been inside just wants to forget about it. Yeah. Everyone else thinks it's really interesting." Yeah. Oh, poor Lovejoy. Because he's always quite blasé about having been inside, yeah. but actually, when it comes down to it, though, yeah, he's it, you know can't have been a very nice experience so, so, so I think they've gone off to look for this towel like, or like Eric and Frankie have and Lovejoy's just sat there reading Crochet Monthly I loved it <laughs> Crochet no, he was Crochet Monthly presumably he's just picked it up somewhere but it, it Crochet Monthly sounds like one of those magazines you get at the end of a Five Got News yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh I love the idea of him doing I can't crochet can you I've I never can't, tried I can't knit and I can't crochet I've never tried crochet's quite seems... easy according oh. to my mother-in-law and my mum I've been to cro- so many crocheting workshops because I'm in the WI I just cannot do it I can't do it it drives me insane I'm not, I'm not sort of like um, consistent enough so then, then Frankie O'Connor comes up, they, they, have, they find the light whatever, for, the, for the truck, that's all good. And then Frankie O'Connor asks Eric and Lovejoy if they're interested in guns. And I mean, I think this is because, again, this is because Lovejoy's been in prison, he must want to look at buy guns. guns. But then they say, oh, Eric says, oh, we don't deal in guns. And I'm like, what? Barbara you Jean's really pair. it's going to go you really do mate what I love is throughout this episode well, that one where Eric shot out the ceiling exactly there's at least <laughs> twice that we're aware that they've dealt in guns Eric makes this great comment and he makes a lot of knowing comments mm. throughout this episode that have absolutely no basis in, in fact where he just goes yeah bottom's gone out of the gun market or bottom's <laughs> yeah. go- he said oh, oh bottom's gone out of the cannon market he said, yeah, he said, he said they had, the bottom's fallen right out of the cannon market since the Gulf War I've just written <laughs> is there is a cannon be market like buying up anti-cannons <laughs> going fighting around in the Gulf War <laughs> I love so, it yeah, basically, it, turns, sorry. No, it, it turns out that it's not guns as in you know rifles or whatever handguns it's a cannon so we know this episode's about a cannon that a farmer's dug up in his field like you do that Frankie O'Connor's bought for, wait, for scrap yeah or something wants to flog to them for 200 quid and it's really massive like because obviously in the scrap they've got the, like their weighing weigh bridge whatever thing they call it oh yes and um, it weighs like more than a ton it's like a proper like old like iron cast iron cannon and they buy it for, well, for 195 <laughs> Again, <laughs> Eric's wonderful <laughs> negotiation skills. So Frankie no. wants 200 It would count on the apprentice. And they managed to get five pounds. <laughs> Lovejoy goes at 150 and then somehow they end up at 195 so, and, yeah. and then they load it into the pickup truck like really badly. And why would they? Why do and they do that? It weighs so more than a ton. I mean, I know pickup trucks are designed to like. They bear put like a load. the heavy bit of the cannon like hanging out the back. Oh, yeah. like, it's not. It just well. Well, it's, it's then an in joke, I guess, is introduced, which comes up several times, becomes relevant, doesn't it? Yeah, it's about you've got to go and sit in the It just reminds me of that bit in the Italian job talking yes. to Michael Caine, <laughs> where he's hanging off the back of the, uh, and he says, "Hold on, lads, I've got a great idea." But it's a bit of a. It's a bit unclear why they buy it, really, because yeah, they're not really. Oh, I think it's antique arms dealers. I think it's Lovejoy's. It's quite a lot of money that can't they spend resist on it. a mystery, can he? 
He can't resist a mystery, and he knows we're all watching him, so he feels like he needs to do, <laughs> do something to keep he our He does know we're watching him, because he talks he to talks us. He talks to us, bless him. So, yeah. So, yeah, so they're going along with this, like, cannon openly in the back of their pickup. And so they, this is where the police come back, don't they? We had them in the last episode. They're very overzealous policemen. Yeah. Because they're like, have you heard of firearms regulations? Oh, it's a cannon! It's not like a, like a pistol And a massive rusty cannon as <laughs> well. It doesn't look particularly... Again, it's that thing we talked about in the last episode, about the police are just sort of moseying around Suffolk, just waiting to pull the horse. Oh, yeah. That's where they are. There's our white pickup. Go after him. Yeah, these... they sort of let him off. To, they say like, "Have you got a license?" But then they sort of go, "Oh well, okay, bye." Like they don't sort of actually. I didn't like it. the policeman in this. Though. The policeman in this were a bit seedy and just nasty. Yeah. Well, they they did tell him to bring his paperwork to the station, didn't they? Like, well, if you haven't got oh, a yeah. license, then come in. That's true. And he was like, "Yeah, right, whatever." All right, um, but yeah, this is the first time that somebody, okay, Eric, gets out <laughs> of the front of the van. Oh, everything yeah. tips up because Oops. he was balancing it. And you Although, think they would have learned, yes, wouldn't you? But, and yet. I've written down, I can't remember where this came in, but I've written down the phrase, there are people around here that would nick the salt off your crisps. Oh, where did that come in? Because that I was a really know. good phrase. And oh, because, um, so they, then they go to the pub. Uh, oh, and yes. basically they, I don't know if it's to, for, to find somewhere to store the cannon or just for a drink. Mm. They go to the pub and they ask the landlord, oh look, we just need someone to leave this cannon, we can't obviously carry it round with <laughs> us, it weighs do. a tonne. Um, so can we leave it in your car park for a couple of days? It might attract, like, visitors or whatever. And I think that's it. I think then that's maybe the conversation they're like, oh, we're going to get nicked. Yeah. And they're like, who's going to nick oh, yeah. the cannon that weighs a tonne? Oh, yeah, and that's like, it. Well, some people foreshadowing, would... a little bit of foreshadowing yeah. going on there. Yeah. But also in this bit, in the pub, somebody says, it's not a paperweight, you can't just bring it out and show it with your after-dinner mints. And I was like... Terry, what world are you at dinner <laughs> parties? Don't you do that, right? I'll pass around, I'll pass the brandy, I'll pass the port around, and has anyone here? seen my paperweight? <laughs> I don't understand. Paperweights were such a thing, though, weren't they? Do you like think maybe it's just something that we've they were definitely not lived through? The, you know, they were sort of like a, a thing. bit like fridge magnets. They were a thing. Yeah, that you'd or buy like and... candles on yeah. or something. Like it was just paper. Yeah. People would buy you paperweights. I admire like a... my paperweights. Yeah, and there's also like swirly, <laughs> swirly glass and stuff. I mean, they oh, are pretty. Yeah. Thinking yeah. about it, my mum and dad had a really pretty one. But oh, I don't know why. We didn't have any paper. So what were we using it for? I don't know. Uh, it's, also, yeah, it's also a pointless object. And so, yeah, so the pub landlord says, oh, yeah, fine, leave the cannon in the car park for a couple of days. All fine with me. Which would all have been fine. So then they try and get it off the truck. So, again, obviously, it weighs a tonne. <laughs> and, and yet they're somehow just doing it, Tinker, Eric yeah. and Lovejoy. I mean, what are you doing, lads? And then so Tinker falls over and has a very dramatic... Well, he's... he's oh, this he was... thinks he's had a hernia. His hernia yeah, the gone. size of a football. <laughs> and he, he's, on, he's on the verge of a complete panic, isn't yes. he? Yes. Yeah, he's very... Poor Tink, it's ridiculous. Even though obviously, he, well... So. He has a habit of completely panicking, a bit like when he got up that... Um, when he oh, got when up he that got the ladder. ladder in the church. Yeah. Oh, or even when he was worried about Eric being in, quote-unquote, prison. <laughs> I do feel like that's a bit of his character that they've they're just sort of emphasised recently, and it doesn't then... It goes away again in the next oh. couple of series, and we haven't really had it before, and it seems a little bit inconsistent. It's like for the for the, there's a few week block where he's where he's anxiety ridden. Yeah, maybe he gets some really good um, SSRIs. Then he's all right. Do they have SSRIs in those oh, days? Maybe he stops drinking. And he does sorts him out. I'll give you. Maybe he, he goes back to drinking. He stops. This is what he's like when he's not drinking. Yeah. Spoiler alert! He stops drinking in series six. Oh. 
But um, if you're worried about him, listener, don't worry, he hasn't had a hernia. Lovejoy does a little bit of medical investigation and he's just snapped his braces. I so like, he's fine. I felt it twang! <laughs> Is it me though? Because I felt like this was an attempt at humour that actually wasn't all that funny. Well, I guess yeah. it depends if you've, if, if you've had a hernia. Or no Is that funny? With a hernia. Because if, if, you, if you... No, that's what I mean. Like, if you know hernia, someone who's had a hernia, it is not funny. And I, my boyfriend... What, not, I've never had a hernia. And it two was... of my boyfriends have. <laughs> not, nothing to do with me, I hasten to point out. My dad has. Yeah, I know that's people have had hernia. That's a bit weird. Are more likely to get I them? Think, I, I don't know any women. Really. Who, I don't know any women. can have them, though, right? I'm sure yeah, they can, like, but I don't know any like, doing childbirth and stuff. When oh, they get yeah. Them, like, when well, maybe it's because women wouldn't do anything stupid like trying to offload a one-ton antique cannon into a pub car park with no help. That's a very good point. That's why. So basically, they're all trying to, like, you know, get this... Get this kind of like Jane is in the front of the truck. Oh yeah, mind you, woman does this, do something stupid with now, all this, with all this commotion oh, yeah. going on. Um, you know, oh yes, with, with Tinker, Jane gets out of the cab to see what's happening, and so again the whole thing unbalances, and the cannon manages to fall down into the cellar. Oh my god! Through the what's it called? Yeah, the, Polly used to live in a pub. What's that called? The hatch. Uh, it's just got a hatch in it. Oh. it goes, going down to the so, cellar. So, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, the cellar. Hatch, the bit that I won't walk over in case I fall through and die. People do. <laughs> Fall, fall through, through them and die. die. Yeah, well, fall through them. There's been stories of people like falling backwards <laughs> down them and injuring themselves <laughs> where they've been left open. But yes, yeah, so and obviously it bursts a few of the beer barrels because obviously, it, <laughs> again, it weighs over a ton. There's like a beer fountain spurting out from the cellar and Tinker's absolutely excited. He was already laying down anyway. Now he's got a load of beer cascading Best bitter fountain, face. he calls it. <laughs> I would enjoy this best bitter fountain. It is a, there is a lovely image of Tinker who a minute ago thought he was going to die. Just <laughs> yeah, no, saying, in I'm in heaven. There's beer spurting. I don't know if I'd like beer if it was just coming at me. If you can't your clothes as well. Yeah, and it really smells when yeah, it you does. Smell. I used to work in off license and there's this, like the smell of stale, well it's not even stale beer, spilled beer. Do you know yeah, what I'm missing? It's a smell that you don't get anymore because when, because I lived in a pub for a while and it was my, um, it was before, long before the smoking mm. ban and there was a very particular smell in the morning of kind of stale beer and stale cigarette yeah. smoke and I used to come downstairs and I used to help with the bottling up behind the bar and I used to come downstairs and there was that really specific smell of like last night's pub. Since the and you don't get that anymore. Yeah. Yeah. One of my favourite smells in the whole world was because you don't really get it anymore. Well, you don't get it in England anyway. Was you know on like a really crisp night, mm. and you'd walk past a pub, and someone was either coming in or going out, oh, yeah. and it, the doors would open, you'd get that burst of oh, noise, yes. and then you'd get this like a rolling smell of the smoke, and oh, the yes. I love that smell, no, especially that if anymore. I was on my way into the pub. So oh, yeah, I'd open yeah, the yeah. door and be like. Oh, it's so comforting. It is. You don't get that anymore. Yeah. It's strange. Now, but now... But now, you know... Well, because of the smoking... smoking London. But because of the smoking ban, you can now smell the grease that you didn't used to be able to smell in the pubs because it used to mask yeah. the smell of, like, deep-fried food. Yeah, and also sweaty and, people. And sweaty people. And, like, piss from the toilet. Mm. Pub toilets oh, are smelly, oh, those were the <laughs> Anyway. Yeah, so, like, um, I love it because, obviously, the landlord comes out and is... I mean, Lovejoy's like pretty much destroyed quite a lot of his stock. Well, Lady Jane has to be fair. Oh, yeah, it's well, her fault. And, but like the landlord, <laughs> in reality, the landlord will come out and be like, "For fuck's sake, what the fuck have you done?" But it, because obviously it's like you know, it's eight o'clock on a Sunday night. He, he calls Lovejoy a pillock. I love <laughs> that's the strongest <laughs> pillock word going. that they're allowed. They probably got you know how the BBC have like a list of like you know they categorise words, don't they? Like sort of how offensive they so are. See, real life, just presumably going, like down the bottom. Presumably calling something much ruder. That I'm not sure if I'm going to say on the radio. If you say. I would leave it. But is this the bit where 
he says you've only been coming in here for six months. Oh yes, and that's because you got barred from somewhere else. Oh yeah. So I don't know why UK TV player but like then, oh they've dropped it into the side of Tinker's favourite but, but then it's just the one that he's ended up in. Well, Tinker says I wasn't barred. I was asked to leave, <laughs> and that's a great line. Have I you wasn't barred. I was asked, asked to leave. Asked to leave a premises. I don't think so. I don't think I have, no. which is some no. sort of miracle. No, so what's brilliant then is that the next bit is then like BBC Look Easter. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I know it's East Anglia, but come on. It's a slow news day, you've, isn't it? You've when, got to make your own when, film. When, like, a, a cannon going down into a cellar Although, there is, is, like, actual news. I think it probably would be news, because I'm thinking of, like, the whiskey galore thing, you know, where all the whiskey uh, rocked up on the beach because of uh, whatever it was that happened yeah. in, in Scotland. So I guess it would be a local... A fountain. Yeah, it'd be like, yeah, and finally, you know, yeah. oh, look at these residents in Kiverton were... We're shocked today to see a beer fountain. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and the landlord's using it just as a massive advert, and he keeps going, "We've got a stripper on Saturday or whatever day it is." Because so I was watching it. So I was watching it with my husband, who remembers when there were strippers in pubs, and I said to him, "Didn't you have a story about a stripper in a pub?" And he went, "Which one?" <laughs> I was like, I was so surprised that I then then we didn't tell the story, so I don't know what it was. But so I it's got more it was, than one story about, about strippers in pubs. But they did used to have like someone would just go in at three pm on a Monday when people had got out of the factory or whatever, and they'd all go down there. How old is your husband? What they'd all come out of the factory with yeah, the flat used, caps on? They used to work in the factory with the flat caps on. And after and then after he get did, your wages in a brown envelope. He did get his wages in a brown envelope. He's not that old. <laughs> But he did do that. And then after that, he was a rat catcher. That's an amazing... He's done, he's done all How the jobs. How did I never know that? that could, it, well, that's awesome. Yeah, he's done every job that, that you can do. And now his job is shifting around heavy furniture. So he was very interested in the badly um, positioned cannon. Yeah, the, yeah, they're not very well loaded it, Even though I was like, it's for comic relief. But I love the way that like, the landlord then tries to like, sell the cannon as an attraction as well. No, so yes. Like, so the stripper, he's like, come down to the Royal Oak at Kiverton, see the cannon. Um, I mean, as if that, as well, as if that had actually get broadcast, and as if the news crew would just—they wouldn't allow him no. to. Yeah, and also, I'm not sure how they would see the cannon because presumably he's not letting people up and down his cellar. Yeah, exactly. Also, where's the risk assessment? Yeah, I mean, so safety guns to. And then, and then, rather than blaming Jane, because as you say, it is her fault. And um, Lovejoy kind of goes all the way back in the chain. He like decides to blame. The couple, who, well, the pieces of the the whoever smashed his rear light on his car. Because if I hadn't smashed, smashed the rear light on the car, I'd never have gone to Frankie O'Connor's scrapyard. I wouldn't and have found he, the cannon. I wouldn't have found the cannon. And then it would, I mean, it's like, I mean, I kind of get what you're saying, but it's like, how far back do you go with stuff like that? Yeah, you might as well say, yeah, because he could have said, I wouldn't have been oh, at the auction if it wasn't for such and such. So, yeah, if so and so hadn't told me about that auction, I wouldn't have been there. You could blame them. If back in 1970 I hadn't had my interest in antiques sparked by. Yeah. Dot, dot, dot. If Tinker hadn't have told me that I'm I definitely a Divvy. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So it's a bit like, anyway, he gets fixated on like the person that smashed the rear light. They're the problem. Whoever it is, I want to find them and get them. Obviously, he's got no idea who they are. But they're watching the telly. But then, yes, then we cut to said couple. Exactly, who are watching this on the news and they're panicking. Gives them something to have another argument about. But also, he's, he's, he's <laughs> so like panicking about it because he's actually worried because Love just like, I'm blaming whoever smashed my back. Like he's saying it on the. T- again, they broadcast this on the news. <laughs> yes. which, again, this was the bit where implausibility took over. Yeah. Exactly, didn't it? So, oh, you know, it's their fault. They're, they're, they're liable for all this damage. And like the guy watching it, not only, like, because obviously Love just doesn't know that it was them that smashed it, but also, even if 
he did, there's not really a legal leg to stand on yeah. to say, well, because you smashed my back light, that's it now. You yeah. now have to pay for all this beer that's been. And he'd never, oh, no... he'd, he'd never find them anyway. But I was willing to suspend my disbelief because I did enjoy their it was snappy it was arguing. <laughs> Yes, they weren't. They were not. And then, so then, the, yeah, the bloke saying to his wife, "Like, look what you've done when you smashed that back. Like, look what you've done." And then, and then, we we'd go back to like I don't know what's then happening. Like Lovejoy and Jane, but he's taking his papers to police station. Oh uh, okay. um, yes, right, so he's yeah, like, "Here's my license. That. Here's the stuff that you uh, wanted." Oh yeah, that's right. And then we get because we get once again like an insight which we had before hmm. into Jane's fantasies. I know. It's a bit weird, isn't it? It's like but quite. I didn't know what to think. I was a bit embarrassed. Like he talk about it as if like that's just a normal thing that you just chat about. They, well, they were very, <laughs> they were super flirty this episode, weren't they? Considering they that really last were. episode Jane had buggered off somewhere and not told him where she was, really? he was obviously very happy with wherever she'd been. So I think maybe I don't know. I don't. I yeah. I don't Who know. Who knows? But yeah, Jane says so. They're going back to the to the Range Rover. And does he say, shall I drive you or something? Well, he just is going to drive for whatever Oh, yeah, he's, and she says, only if you sit in the back. And she went, oh, you know my fantasy about chauffeurs. Yeah. Like, wow, I'd like to see him play dress up. <laughs> she's always talking about her fantasies. Well, obviously, nothing actually ever comes of it. It's very weird. It well, maybe weird. it happens off screen. I mean, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And is this at the point where they're then talking about getting an expert? Because they've got to actually do something with a bloody cannon now, partly well, to get his yeah, money back well, and pay back the poor old landlord. Yeah, they do. But before they do that, we go back to the couple, the one that smashed oh, yes. the light. They go to the police because they're like, we've got to like... So they actually are, because you think it's well, weird. Good, no, they're, in the beginning, you think they're, they're dodgy, dodgy somehow. Dodgy, yeah. But they're not at all, because actually they're so worried now that they've smashed his light and it's caused all these problems. They go to the police... Because obviously they know Lovejoy will contact mm. the police to try and get the police to give them Lovejoy's address, data protection again. Yeah. Would, it, would have happened in series one. That's all I'm like, saying. Well, <laughs> and I really thought the policeman would not give it, and then he and then he just does. Oh, yes, he did, yeah, didn't he? So they're yes. like, oh, we want Lovejoy's address so we can pay him for this light. And like, to be fair, the, the policeman does consider data protection for like an instant. <laughs> and he does sort of go, yeah. oh, no, I shouldn't really. And then they're like, oh, please. It's like, all yeah, right, she, then. She's <laughs> a very kind of old lady. Series, oh, please, I'm just Series old lady. one, he'd have just handed it over. Yeah, he would have been like, oh, yeah, he, lives, he would have said it out loud. Like, I'll take you over there. A piece of paper. Yeah, get in the car, we'll go. But actually, what Lovejoy's address has been given as Felsham Hall. Mm. Because when they've gone in, he's just gone in with Lady Jane. Because I guess oh, he's yes, like. Oh, and she said that he's staying there as well. Yeah, he's not, is he? No, but. saying that. No, but they have a go at him for uh, not updating his licence. And he basically says, but I'm staying temporarily. Yeah, and Lady yeah. Jane says, oh, don't be so stupid, you know my address, and he's staying with me. Yeah. So, so they basically they think that Lovejoy lives at Falsham Hall, so they've got Lovejoy's I address. I get the feeling she likes that fantasy as well. She's yeah. like, let, let them all think that we're basically getting it on. <laughs> oh, Jane. Just get it on. I don't... Nah. Just... Um, so yeah, so then you're right, then Lovejoy's like, okay, I'm going to get rid of this bloody cannon. <laughs> There's a great quote though, he finds out, he finds out about this chap, again, do you know what I love about this episode? It's something that Lovejoy knows nothing about, so mm. even though he's got this sort of divvy sixth sense thing, he, in this episode and in the last episode, we've got items that are antiques and are yeah. worth a fortune, he knows nothing about them. Anyway, he, he tries to get, get this, uh, he finds out about this expert in inverted commas. He rings gently Bentley and says, who he knows does. about Canon? And he says, oh, you know, he's a, bit, he's a bit flaky and he's been, he's done time for arm smuggling. And he said, that's exactly what I need, a flaky <laughs> arm smuggler. I thought it was a great quote, a flaky arm smuggler. Who is Major Eddie Turpin. Major Eddie Turpin. Who is Leslie Phillips. Yeah. Yes. And he's great. He it's is great. So Remember the All England Black Powder Society? I mean, it all sounds very weird. <laughs> but he's. St- when Leslie 
Phillips appeared on screen, I was like, he actually still seems reasonably young in this. He does. I was yes. thinking that. I was like, how old is he? And I was like, I kind of said, well, he must be in his 50s. And he's in his 60s. My husband was like, he must be 65 yeah, at least was. at this point. So I will look it up. Leslie Phillips was actually 69 when he filmed this. He looked great on it. Do you know what I saw him in? This is a bit, but must, must have been about, probably about 15 years later. It's the last thing that I saw him in. Was Have you seen a film called Venus? Oh, yeah, it's with the young woman. Oh, yeah. I haven't seen it, but... Um, it's so worth seeing. It's, really it's, good. It, it's yeah, got um, Doctor Who in it. Jodie Whittaker is in Venus. Oh, yeah. And it is, it is the most twisted film ever. Ooh. It's really worth seeing. And when it came out... And it's funny, we were re-watching it with kind of post-Me Too eyes mm, and just mm. flinching at the whole thing. He was really good in that, though. Mm. Well, he, the, the, the thing that really shone in this episode to mm. me was... Percy Phillips is a bloody good actor. Yeah. He is, because he was an arsehole in this. And yeah, and you just completely... I forgot that he was him. You also get... Whereas I never forgot that Harry Caspodis was Brian Blessed. Oh, no, that's true. Well, like, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um You, you also... Even when, he's, even when Brian Blessed is being Grampy Rabbit on Peppa Pig, <laughs> I, can't, I can't forget that it's Brian Blessed. I'm Grampy Rabbit. <laughs> oh, let's fly to the moon in this rocket. Oh, it's brilliant, I love it. Um... <laughs> You can see insight into the life of somebody with a young child. (laughs) Um, And then you immediately get today's little bit of casual racism as well when he says... um, I looked this up now. I couldn't verify whether this was true or not. He says that scrap metal in the Second World War, they just used to dump anything that they could. When they ran out of bombs, they would just dump all kinds of bits of metal on the Germans. Now, I I looked it up and I could not find anywhere whether that was true or not. But he does say... Possible, isn't it? Like, so he thinks like... the cannon was hidden so it didn't get taken for for like a fake bomb yeah. to be put in a plane. And it's dropped. a bomb shaped, to be fair. Yeah. And basically, Lovejoy sneers and said, "That's a load of rubbish." And he says, "Anything falling on the Kraut's heads is better than nothing." <laughs> and I thought, you know what, dude? I quite like that. Like, line. <laughs> I quite like that line, but also, it's now the nineties. You're talking about the forties. You know, like move on. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. So, so, so what Major Eddie Turpin says about the cannon? He's like, "Look, it's got the cross of St George and the Irish harp on it." So this was a cannon mm. from Derry, and it would have been on the city walls in Derry. And then during World War Two, as you say, it would have been brought over to like mainland mm-hmm. Great Britain um, to be like smelted down and used for like arms, or like you say, dropped on um, crowds. But, but he doesn't really explain why that this it wasn't used for either of those purposes in the end because it was hidden in the field but I mean but oh but like, maybe why? somebody but thought why was it hidden yeah maybe somebody thought it was but obviously this is all important. a made up story yeah. this isn't because spoiler like this isn't actually what <laughs> this isn't true so like it, it, he's just saying this stuff um but he reckons it's about 300 years old and yeah, and it's very believable as an yeah. expert. Well, we, isn't you're it? Like, he's, he's he's I was like, okay, with, that's what it is. It's worth two hundred fifty quid. It's still loaded, and Lovejoy says, "Okay, I'll, I'll we'll move it from the where it is in the cellar, um, and the major, the expert, is going to oversee this this move to make sure it's yeah. going to be all right." It's a bit of a problem. Yeah, it's still loaded, which is hilarious. I mean, like, and they're, already, can't and they're already worried about it being loaded. It's like, I'm sure with a cannon, you have to have a fuse yeah, and, and light the fuse. powder in it. Yeah, and put gun back. Like, you know, it doesn't matter there's got a cannonball in it. It's, gonna, it's, I mean, it's not going to just fire itself it's, out. It's not like you just pull a trigger. Yeah, like you do on a, yeah exactly. But uh, yeah, so it's worth 250 quid, which isn't that helpful because they owe the landlord of the pub a thousand pounds for the damage that they've done oh, no. in his cellar. So I mean, it's not really, they're still down. It's not great. Um, yeah, this is where they mentioned the thing about they only go to the, they only go to the Royal Oaks. They were banned from the platform. <laughs> so they decide 
Well, so Jane, that's the only the landlord of Grand. So Jane, as usual, steps yeah, in. She the landlord's yes. getting really pissed off about this. Which she would, really. Yeah. So they pay him 500 quid, including some Scottish pound notes, which obviously are left over from their <laughs> jaunt to Scotland. Oh, yes. Which, to be fair, I get. You've got to offload them. I mean, it's bloody difficult e- it is. to spend Scottish notes yeah, in England. Hanging around for ages. When was it they went to Scotland? Ages ago. try Northern Irish notes as well. But they, oh, I mean, they, to yeah. be fair, they look even more like Monopoly money. Oh, I didn't, know, I didn't and, and even like, know there was Northern Irish money. Well, That's really there were like five different Northern Irish ones. You don't get Guernsey money. No, There's only 60,000 people live in Guernsey and they have their own money. I suppose I knew you could get Isle of Man And they still have pound coins. notes. They still have pound notes in Guernsey. Oh. So she's yeah. So she's um, you know, got gives gives pays off the five hundred pounds, and then there's a bit more flirting between Lovejoy and Jane. I didn't actually write down the nature of this flirting. I just wrote more flirting. There, there was a lot flirty. of flirting. There was a lot of flirting in this episode. And then they move the cannon. Lovejoy's having like a gin and tonic while everything is being moved. Yeah. So they get. They <laughs> I mean, given what happened last time slack. they moved it, I think I'd have done the same. They thing. They enlist Frankie O'Connor because obviously from the scrapyard he's, he's got, got a crane. That means they've got to pay him. So they're racking up the bills. Mm, yeah, at this yeah. Stage. It's not not doing too well. Um, and then and the major is like, oh, but it's okay. Comes back to him. He's like, I've got a buyer for your cannon. This guy, which I and I was like, at this point, I was like, this. Why does this not exist? He's saying a Cavalier Roundhead theme park. Yeah, why doesn't it exist? It's <laughs> like that's a brilliant idea. And because he like, don't think it'd be a bit boring. No, it'd be, it'd be a bit like Camelot. You remember? Like, oh, you ever get to Camelot? I'm sure we've talked we about it on the podcast before. before. Civil War themed theme park. Maybe the sealed knot won't let anybody set up a theme park. They feel Maybe. like it belongs to them. But yeah, I, I was like, this is a brilliant idea. Anyways, and this guy, this guy who's setting up the theme park. Might pay up to 700, 750 quid for the cannon. So actually, this is quite, sounding quite promising now. Yeah, and he says because because the cannon is still loaded, they need to get it somewhere where he's got space to take the ball yeah. out or whatever. So they take it to Felsham Hall. But I mean, I mean, I mean, I know Lovejoy's not an expert in cannon cannons, but he must know it's not going to go off. Just do we a, do we know ball. it's definitely not going to go off? Well, I well, how would it go off? I don't know. I just powder. sort of. And they even say at one point, like, well, obviously the gunpowder's not going to work. Even if there was gunpowder in it still from through. Well, that's at the very end, actually. When she's mm. when she when the, the we, actual we, we get an actual expert later on, which we'll come to. But she's the one that says, oh, "I'm all right poking around in it because the gunpowder's going to yeah. all worn I mean, off now if there is any in there." You mm. think it was coming? Well, maybe. Um, who knows? Who knows? Um, but yeah, so but, so I guess so. Lovejoy has got a potential buyer who's going to pay quite a bit for it. But I guess he's still, it's like you say, he can't resist a mystery. He wants to know. But even though, because I think the major's given quite a convincing explanation. Yeah, I just so think. And there's nothing that. particularly that happens that causes Lovejoy to I think suspect. he's, again, just he got just... that little inkling yeah, exactly. that there's more to it than that. So they get, the, yeah, so the cannon is now at Felsham Hall, and then they leave Eric to house it. Because what, what Lovejoy can... and Jane go to do. What oh, can possibly Maybe they go, go to wrong. do the investigation at a deeper level with an expert, because Lovejoy and Jane just want an excuse to go to London together. Now, did you who wouldn't want that? Like, and they, they won't take Eric with them. He's like, why can't I come? And they're like, you just can't. You've come. got a guard of the cannon. And look, bear in mind. Weighs last, a ton. Yeah, last time they let him house it, he. Blew a hole through the ceiling. Also, I mean, I'm not sure. You know what? This is just setting the lad up to fail because if you yes. look at his last like appraisal, about a year, <laughs> it. a year or two ago, they asked him to look after a harp and he fell asleep. Yes. Now they're saying, "Well, I'll be all right," and they've asked him to look after a cannon. Yeah. And so, they, well, they go off to the Royal Armouries at the Tower of London. Yeah, they're having a whale of a time, and they're talking and about Natalie, who's who's an actual expert at the who works. Oh, you get smooth Lovejoy here. He can't oh. pronounce her surname, and she says, "You can call me Natalie if you like." I don't know why I did that accent because that's not her accent <laughs> at all. And he just goes, "I'd like that." 
Yeah. And it's that smooth and she, voice. And Jamie's she getting more and more annoyed. It's the voice, of, the voice of the Cart Door adverts, isn't it? He yeah. goes he goes into oh, his, yeah. you know. He's just, yeah, he was very sexy. but And then we, we see jealous Jane because she's always jealous of anybody who even smiles at Lovejoy. Well, what I love was, even though Lovejoy always comes back to her. So. Natalie had the most magnificent mullet. She did, didn't she? Oh, it was so... It, it was better than Lovejoy's. Oh, it was, oh like, yeah. it was such a wonderful mullet. It was so, so of its time. <laughs> But yes, and then she actually tells the truth about this canon because she's an actual expert, not a flaky arms <laughs> smuggler. <laughs> so she says like, oh, actually, no, this St. George, sorry, St. George Cross and the Harp is actually the arms of the Republic. Mm. So, you know, after the Civil War, under Cromwell, and there were, you know, lots of these canons around at the time. Because obviously, they, you know, quite rightly, were thinking, right, we, as a new Republic, we need to defend ourselves. But because obviously when Charles II came, you know, when the monarchy returned, um, they got they destroyed any evidence of the Republic. So they melted down all the guns or whatever, like destroyed Mary them. Queen of Scots billiard table. Yeah. Do you know what's interesting about this? There is an article from two thousand and three that was in The Guardian that did actually that is about a cannon that they found that was 350 years old that was thought to be the last one in existence. Oh, please tell me they found it first. So there you go. No, they didn't. They found it, they found it in Scotland, to be mm. um, So, yeah, so there was... Basically, they, they only know of two in this in this episode story. So, obviously, in sounds like in real life there's only one. They only know of two that survive. Um, one is in a museum. Do they say which? They say one's in a yeah. museum. And there's another one, but they don't know where it is. Did you say she's got it? She's got the other one. Oh yeah, she was oh, the most yes, in the armories at the Tower of London. Oh, by the way, I've been to Leeds Armories. It's very it's good. amazing. The one in Tower of London, as well. Oh, I've still not been to that one. I will go. It's so she's good. like, obviously, it's because expensive. it's so rare and significant, it's actually worth about seven and a half grand rather than you know seven hundred fifty quid. <laughs> and she says, chain it to something solid, like not Eric. Then yeah, and, <laughs> no, like, and then she's like, obviously, she's quite excited. The ex Natalie, because obviously, it's like a, a major find. There's only two of them. She's got one. She's going to find the other one. So she's going to come up tomorrow and have a look at it. Um, and meanwhile, Eric is having a nice little chat. This, by the way, I think Terry set this up so well because mm. Eric, the Dearborns, turn up to visit and basically proffer money at Eric. Yeah, they're the people the, who the smuggle. Why does he, I don't yeah. understand why he says no. No, he doesn't take checks. In, yeah, oh well, really we'll go to the building old. society. We'll get some money. Now you're all right. Just forget all about it. And I was convinced that they were setting up the Dearborns to, to have nicked it somehow. Yeah. At this point. Yeah. It's very bizarre. Yeah, they turn up at Felsham Hall because obviously they think Lovejoy lives there. But obviously Lovejoy's not there. They tell Eric, yeah, we want to give him money. We broke his And lives. like, yeah, he, like I say, he just refuses it. For, I, I was like, why? They've actually got a cheque for 50 quid. Yeah, yeah just take it. Yeah, what why, why what harm's not? it going to do? It's very bizarre. And then basically before that, we missed the bit where... Because <laughs> so, obviously like, when they find out the truth about the canon... Presumably the truth from the expert. Lovejoy says to the major, "Oh, actually, it's this sort of canon. It's a, you know from the Republic." And he's like, "Oh, I just made a mistake. Whoops, you know." But I was like, "Oh, maybe not. Maybe he obviously yeah. knew that it was yeah. worth a lot. He's gonna pretend, you know. Oh, yeah, I'm selling it to this guy for seven hundred and fifty. And then exactly, he's so yeah, because yeah. yeah, yes. obviously he's like, we know he's dodgy. Um, so like, yeah, so we do get some some prime Eric though, where he he then tries to sell himself as an expert, and the Dearborns say, "Well, we've got this palette, and we believe it belonged to Van Dyke." And you've <laughs> then got this wonderfully, 
Where Eric goes, oh yeah, but which one? They go, which one? There's only one. He's obviously thinking like Dick Van Dyke. Oh, Barry Van Dyke. Barry Van Dyke. His son. From you know, thinking, like, you know, yeah. what is it with like a Rembrandt? There's two of them, isn't there, or whatever. So well, he people... says that. He says, oh, they thought there was Panic. only one Rembrandt, then they discovered all these other Rembrandts. I thought, that's possibly not, it's not quite. It's not 100% got your art history and down then, there. And then he, says, then he says, no market in pallets. And you think, God, what has happened? The pallet market's gone. The cannon <laughs> market's market, gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He says they'll give him 15 quid for the frame. But presumably this is the item that they were going to get valued in the when first place. Like, yeah. Smash, which of course they had to, and they never do did. a runner. Yeah, exactly. so they're like, yeah, so, um, so yeah, so yeah, and it's like the last ever palette used by Van Dyke, apparently. Okay. And then Lovejoy and Jane come back. With, um, with Jane is in a strop, and then yeah. and then the inevitable is discovered. We think the cannon has gone. The cannon has gone because Eric the Rottweiler <laughs> has failed in his mission. Who is he calls him Eric the Rottweiler? Is it himself? I no, I think it's Lovejoy. Lovejoy calls him Eric the Rottweiler. Well, because the cannon was resting on a on a bed of sand, was they eased it off the truck, and now there's just an impression a in the sand. Cannon-shaped impression. Yeah. What I love is when Eric they, they go, "Well, who the hell could?" Now it's good that they mention a helicopter though, because there was an episode. <laughs> well, Wait, was, was, it, was it National Wealth or was it the other? Was it National Wealth? Where, the, um, where they they just they just ma- merrily just lift everything out with a helicopter then Eric says maybe it was a hot air balloon no concept of physics at all <laughs> that you think that a hot air balloon would be able to pick up a however many ton <laughs> cannon and just pull or have the control or the I mean yeah, and I mean, to do it in the middle of the night yeah. when Eric was a asleep. hot air balloon oh, oh, I oh, love Eric. the image oh, of a hot Eric. air balloon dangling a cannon at this point Leslie Phillips says my ass, my arse because yeah. he's, he's actually a working class boy from Tottenham Leslie Phillips. Yeah. Well, we all think him as being very posh, don't we? But he's not really posh. Because then, even though Lovejoy's already said to the major, because even though Lovejoy's already said to the major, oh look, I know the truth about it, I know it's worth a lot more. The major still turns up with the guy who's. So who's going to part? Yeah. So presumably either they just okay, I'm going to pay you the proper price for it now, or whatever. Now you know they still want it anyway. Yeah. And it's a real mystery, like how this cannon's gone, like you say, because it's, like, it's how, huge. And how could you put it away without? It? I mean, and I know that Eric probably was asleep, but oh, yeah. he would have woken up if someone had come in with a crane. And there's no like tracks in the in the lawn, or like, I mean, nothing's been disturbed. He, I mean, he claims that he was checking it every so often, didn't he? Every yeah. hour or something. Um, but he has been off because didn't he? Like he drives off. Because he goes somewhere. He goes off to see. This is oh, why I thought it was set off. He goes off yeah. with the Dearborns, abandons right. the cannon, goes off yeah. to. That's tell, why it's a value. Goes there. goes off mm. to tell them that there's no market in so that's when anymore. you assume it's because he's abandoned his post effectively. So you're like, yeah. well, obviously they he did assumed it, it was there. Yeah. And he didn't obviously check they on it. nicked it one. You'd buggered off. Which yeah. is why I, I, that's what I thought. I thought that they were the subterfuge, and somebody yeah. has then yeah. come in and yeah, taken so, it. So you still think very good. That's what we assume, or it's what I assume. Yeah. And then, so they report it to the police as missing. The Essex police again. Yeah. They're in Es. Like they're in Essex again. Is Felsham Hall in Essex? I'm oh, very Felsham confused. Felsham meant to be near. At I, I feel like we sure. just keep shifting across the border, mm. back and forth. Anyway, they report it to Essex police. It's fairly close to. I, mean, I know yeah. they're. I know they're close. So it's, it doesn't. It's not completely weird. <laughs> it's just the fact that they seem to suddenly now. Maybe Essex everything. has a bigger police force that's called in for like the big things. Yeah, like, yeah, like the um, FBI, like tons of guns and that. Um, and then Natalie turns up, so obviously she's been come up to look at the uh, the cannon. And then obviously, while well, everyone's standing around trying to figure out what's happened to the cannon, so she has a look, and she because she's an expert, and she really yes. is an expert. Oh, she's a pro- actual proper she's expert. Really you know, I feel like Terry did so much research into this. Yeah, though. The, the, it's really you interesting. You can notice it compared to the previous episodes. Absolutely, I guess. the level of research yeah. that has obviously gone into then her explaining things. It's really interesting. Mm. 
Yeah, because she basically notices that the because the the, the cannon's left an impression. Obviously, in the sand where it was, but she notices that the impression that is left isn't the same as what this cannon would have left. Because she's yeah. obviously been studying it. She know you know looking at pictures of it. You know, obsessed with it because it's like wow, this rare thing. This was such a sad. This is probably one of the most satisfying scenes I've ever seen in Lovejoy. So they, I absolutely and then they sort of realise, like I mean, they kind of this like think, okay, so this this isn't the impression of the cannon. What's happened to it then? Mm. It, it took be? me a while to catch up, yeah, actually. I thought too, it was actually. really interesting. Yeah. So but meanwhile, like, I was like, get in the sand! Yeah, it's busy. <laughs> dig, it's, dig, it's in the sand. dig! It's in the pile of It was sand. there all along. They buried yeah. it so that everyone thinks it's gone, so that obviously no one's guarding it, and then they'll come back and get it at a later date when no one... So they all start scrabbling through the sand with their hands and there is the cannon. There's the cannon. And then the police come along and are horrible, I've written. Because they are. This is the bit where I thought they're, they're just like, nasty. what are you wasting our time for? It's like, we thought it was gone. I mean, to be know. fair, that, that, is just, that is a weird day at the office, though, if you're a policeman and you come up <laughs> yeah. and there's lots of people scrabbling around in the sand like they're on a beach. <laughs> all the going, things. here it is, massive cannon. <laughs> I don't know why I just gave them northern accents <laughs> when they did that, sorry. It's like a slow day at the office when you're sent out to investigate a missing cannon, which isn't even even missing. It's a good story though. When you get home and your wife says, "Good day at work, dear." Yeah. So there was this. There was this cannon. Really odd. <laughs> but then it was there, and then it was there, and it was there, then, then it was. And some sand. But then they decide, right? Okay, we're going to catch these people because they're going to come back for it. So we're going to like re. So they like re sort of hide it, remake the like fake impression in the top, set up their tent to keep watch. <laughs> oh, yeah. Is it as Eric yeah. and Tinker? Yeah, but Eric's got first watch, and Has then Eric when Tinker had... comes back to the second watch, he's absolutely. Has out. Eric had any sleep? Probably not. Because actually, this isn't on. We've been here before, haven't we? Mm. Where you've gone, do you know what? You've got to go to sleep at some point. Yeah. Poor Eric. Poor love. And Natalie even makes the impression in the sand again and everything, so it definitely yeah, looks like, looks like they, they haven't discovered they what's happened. They won't suspect. And then in the morning. But then they all go out. Yeah, they don't yeah. actually say anything. About Several them. times they do it, and you go, do you know what? What is the point of guarding if you then wake up and go, I'll go out now? It's like, oh, thieves only strike in the dark. Yeah, they we only know come out from night. other episodes, from many episodes of Lovejoy, that thieves don't wait until nightfall yeah. to nick stuff. But for some reason, Lovejoy takes them all for breakfast at the yeah. pub. And this, but I mean, I didn't think you'd have breakfast at the pub in these days. Oh, and it did look it must nice. Have been, it must have been just after they, you know, extended all that. Because we had this before, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, extended hours. the opening hours and everything. It didn't look like a nice breakfast. No, was this the birth of gastro pubs? I suppose pub breakfast isn't really gastro pub breakfast, is it? No, it's fine. Um, and then, basically, what then happens? They're at the pub, and, and then Tink falls down the steps. Oh yes, they call Lady Jane. Oh no, that's it. Actually, I've just realised. Actually, Jane is at Felsham. Jane Bowles. is. Jane yeah. hasn't gone for breakfast. Uh, but then she enough. gets a phone call saying you have to come to pub Tinker's falling down the stairs. So she rushes to the pub. Is she with? Maybe she is. No, because no, Lovejoy's Lovejoy taken them all to oh, yeah. for breakfast. So, so she rushes to the pub and obviously Tinker's fine. And at that point they're like, oh no, we've been tricked. The the, the actual thief is going to be at the house. Yeah. So they'll rush back again. But even then I still thought leaving Jane, I don't know, maybe she's there looking out of her window, but she's probably in her house. She's you not sitting she in do? a tent, like looking at the... <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? It still seemed a bit... Yeah, yeah. A so, bit yeah. odd, but anyway. So, so basically they realise that it's a diversion because Tinker is fine. Which, but the thing is... Whoever's made the diversion would have surely realised that they haven't got long. No, yeah, it's like, not long enough to nick a cannon. As soon as not Jane arrives at the pub, she's going to turn back round again because she's going to realise it is a lie. And it must be. And of so, course, it was uh, what's his name? I've forgotten. The Major Eddie Turpin is the thief. And mm. what I, I love that the Dearborns—they are so persistent. They're like little yappity dogs, aren't they? Alice and Leo. We find out they are names. lovely. I love them. So they then turn up. Now, why have they gone back? 
again. I think they're just still they, they just really want to make it right with Lovejoy, and they think, well, we did speak to Eric, but actually we should really speak yeah, to Lovejoy, right. so, so we're going to go back. So to... while Eddie's there trying to steal the gun, that's right. They t- the deer boars turn up, and like I say, you know, see, so you keep thinking there's something dodgy about them, but actually no, they're just really nice people. They are, and um, and then <laughs> so while he's trying to nick it, they're like. <laughs> they they managed to reverse into the major's his car. car yeah. Like, yeah. Just holding everything up and he's you know when you're trying to just get something done and you're kinda of trying to do it on the down low and then somebody comes in and they just won't stop talking to you and you're like do you know what? I like to just go. I like your example because all I could think of is like when I'm at work and I'm really desperate to go to the loo and I walk <laughs> out of my office and it, that'll inevitably be when a student comes and says, I've just got a quick question and I don't want to go. I have to go to the loo now. And I'm like, oh, why don't you pop in and see me later? And then they go, oh, just a quick question. Yeah, it never it? is. Yeah. And it, the number of times I've stood like with my legs crossed because I've left it a little bit too long, to be honest. Oh, and I, because I can never be bothered so to get honest, up. Paul. Also, so what's the word like? Um, kind. Kind. Because I'm just too honest. I'm too honest. I'm like, so need I'm a wee. Get out of the way. <laughs> I said to students all the time, like, I'm sorry, I just got to go to the loo. So yeah, so basically like, so the sort of dear boys kind of stall the mage, but not on purpose. Just because yeah. they're like, it's oh, just look. Oh, we must give you money for the. <laughs> so again, it's the yeah, like, then they've smashed that, so then yeah. they're trying to pay him. Yeah. And he's like, and then while leave all, me alone. While all this commotion, obviously, Lovejoy and Jane have realised what's going on, so they come back. And. Uh, what? I mean, what happened? Well, then the, the major drives away through, well. a ga- through a gate. What, again, though, what I don't understand, and I know there's a bit that comes in between this, which mm. I'll come back to, but basically at the end. They leave it again, but they haven't caught him. They haven't hauled him in front of the police. They haven't even told so the police. They don't they? know if he's going to try and nick it again. It's as if they go, oh, well, that's he's a fair gonna, cop. I'm not going to try it again because yeah. they've already caught me the once, so I just won't bother it anymore. Yeah, he just speeds off, everything falling out the back of his truck. It's out of the gate, off he's gone. Um, and then they're all stood around like, oh, well. The cannon's safe. And then Harry Landis drops Eric in it because he says... Oh, yes. You know, like, who are you? Why are you here? And he so we came... We spoke, we to, spoke to associate. But he said he wouldn't accept any money for smashing your tail line. And he's like... Oh, oh, just, oh, oh did he now? Isn't it why? It's not like, why he turned it down? We never... For this bit, because it makes the plot better. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. The plot wouldn't have worked otherwise. That's true. But, but yeah. But, so, and they've brought the pallet. That's why yeah. they've decided to give the pallet, even though it's not worth very much. They've decided, yeah, let's give you that. Oh, yes. If you won't accept money, we will give we'll, you this. We'll give you something in its place, yes, to as a token of our apology, mm. I guess. Um, Lovejoy won't accept it. This is a lovely, lovely... We get a lot of these moments with Terry's episodes. This is such a lovely little closer to the story, little yeah. twist. I adored this. It almost made me cry. <laughs> yeah. So it the palette is a... Hang on, did I write it down? It's an anamorphic picture. So it's not a just a palette with smears of paint on it. And he uses the, the exhaust pipe from Eric's bike, which is very shiny. And yes. It's like chrome. Well, he like, he's very Eric careful loves his, his bike. bike. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you guys. It's like he really is my perfect. This was like the uh, when's it when's it from sort of seventeenth century like well 17th... it's a picture oh well sorry I shouldn't I was going to say it's really. the seventeenth century equivalent of a magic eye painting yes it is you, yeah. so you can't see the picture unless you're using a mirrored cylinder which is why he uses the chrome exhaust pipe and he puts the palette as they think it is on there and it's actually a picture of Charles the First there you go very it's a timely coincidence isn't it yeah. it is it absolutely well or maybe in that area there was just some crazy I don't know 
person who is really interested in that bit of history. I might cut that out. That's and obviously, he loved it. Wouldn't accept it as like for his tail, like it's like worth three or four grand. It's yeah. Quite, like you mm. know, because obviously the reason it's made in this form is because you know if you were. A royalist, like during the Republic or Civil War, you know, you didn't want to advertise Absolutely, the fact. Absolutely, yeah. So you had this like secret picture. It was like a secret picture of Charles the First that you could sort of look at and be like, "Oh, I love him." Yeah, <laughs> show your friends. I'm, fight, I'm fighting I mean, we, for him. We could have one of Lovejoy. I wonder if anyone's made one of these with oh the James face in it that you can like put. Well, with computers nowadays, I'm sure you can just. I'm going to Google it. I mean, who would you put on yours then? Who would you what have that you could just Eric? every now and then just look at his face? <laughs> I would do just put Eric on it. And, and, then, yeah. and then all's well that ends well, as usual. And Natalie's still there. She's poking or the she, cannon, I guess, po- to like... Oh, she she gets a... She, she says she's going to take the cannonball, cannonball out. out. And she actually... that Now, it. I think I assume she's joking when she said it's a... Cromwellian rat. Cromwellian rat. But there is a dead rat in there. There's a dead rat in there. It's not going to be Cromwellian. No, that's going to work. No, but because up until that point she'd been so serious and oh, so yes. everything she'd said was very true and factual mm. so when she said it was a Cromwellian rat for a minute I was like is it? Yeah. <laughs> wow well, it and then I was like no, no it's just a rat it's it just be, a rat well it could be a mummified Cromwellian yeah. rat you know like when they put it cats it just looked like a 1990s rat no you know yeah. when they put cats under like new houses not now <laughs> No, you're thinking of foundations, not. Yeah. I know they're similar. <laughs> Bricks, cats, cement, no. cement. When people would put cats, oh my god, there was a word for it. So they would put a cat bonkers. In... <laughs> no, listen, they would put a cat into the wall or into the floor to, as like a sacrifice. Alive to or dead? Sorry, who would? Who would do this? People in the 18th Where? century. Where? In Britain? In England. How do you not know about this? Was the cat dead or alive? And then when people when started... When they put it in? I, I'm assuming it was oh dead. Oh my God. But I don't know. I but, alive. And then when people were doing renovations of these, you know, 17th century thatched cottages in the 90s, they would then find the mummified cat in, I the, am going, in the walls. If I, so maybe it was a Cromwellian rat and it had been mummified rather than skeletonized. If I put dead, dead cat in wall... Yeah, we'll get here. loads of it. It's got a specific name. It's, it's in, got a name. Right, listen to this. A, a dried cat. It comes under dried cat. I'm sorry. Um, that makes do you know what? Slightly nice, I, I am going to get the weirdest... Yeah, it's in Country Life magazine. Oh, yeah, thank you. You are right. I'm gonna I get, am from I'm, the countryside after all. I'm going to get the weirdest adverts now <laughs> based on my Google searches. Oh. Um, it's got a specific... There's a name for the kind of magic that it is and I just can't remember what it is but I will look at it. Uh, from the medieval Insane. period to the Victorian. Mm-hmm. Why?! The type of magic that I'm struggling to remember is apotropaic, um, and that's to do with warding off evil spirits and protecting yourself. I highly recommend episode three of the Folklore Podcast. Um, I'll link it in the show notes, and that will tell you all you need to know about mummified cats and witch bottles. Helen's on And shoes. They put shoes in as well, I mean, little baby shoes. Okay, well, it says... Oh, I mean, she's right. I don't know where you got this from. It is not uncommon to come across mummified cats or children's shoes. I can't think of two things less related to one another than just, mummified cats and children's. To me, it's a very well known. To ward fact. off witches and yeah. encourage fertility. Dead cat. Yeah. Maybe that's where I've been going wrong. <laughs> oh, boy. Don't kill a cat. <laughs> you just get a dead cat in your wall. <laughs> I just get a dead cat in my wall. That'll be it. Maternity leave. Here I come. <laughs> So... Well, that took a turn. <laughs> Anticipating. I, I thought it was for the protection of the house. It is. I didn't, it I didn't know that. It, yeah. it wards off evil spirits and yeah. makes oh, yeah, of you, course, it makes you breed, witches, apparently. Yeah. 
Um, is that Helen? The children's shoes I get for that, but the cat. Helen's about to give birth to number two. You haven't got a cat though, have you? No. Maybe there's well, a she, cat. she might a have a dead cat, cat in the mall. She doesn't know. I they might know. be in your 1960s. I said to have floorboards. I'm in a 1960s <laughs> block with like concrete. Floor. You might have Maybe an accidental. in the concrete. An accidental mummified cat. Yeah. In the lift shaft. That's true. Nice. Um, sorry, that was a bit of a tangent. It was a brilliant one. And then I say, all's well that ends on, and as in typical Lovejoy style, this calls for something French and fizzy. fizzy. Oh, indeed. Lovely. I but think I, they mean Orangina. But I love, <laughs> I love the idea again, though, that this couple are being rewarded for their honesty and, mm. and for ultimately being good people. Yeah, uh, you know, the, uh, as a result, Lovejoy says, "Well, look, and it also proves that he doesn't hold a grudge." Or... Yeah, and also that he's very, you know, in- he's got integrity. Which I mean, we, we're not surprised at, but obviously he could just take it off them. Yeah, he could be like, yeah. "Oh, that's worth three or four grand." Yeah, I'm in does. all this debt now, as we've discussed. And he has <laughs> integrity for people who deserve it. Yeah, and yeah. they oh, do. You know, They've proven that they do. They were just it's giving it to him, and he's like, "No, I can't take it because yeah, it's actually worth, it's worth money. a lot of money." And <laughs> and they loved it. Was their faces sort of lit up because it's a yeah. quirky thing as well. Yeah, it was great. A brilliant it was really thing to talk great. about at dinner parties. Yeah, they were very sweet, and I love the way that like you weren't really sure about them. Like I say, you kind of all the way through, you were like, they could be dodgy. They could have been actually in on the theft of the cannon, and like we just didn't know. Yeah, it was well written like that. Didn't it? Didn't it end with her hitting another car? Yeah, and them having a row. And then having a row. So it opened and closed with the two of them hitting the car and having a row. And then off they all pootle and they leave the cannon there. That's some short burn. Assuming that yeah. Leslie Phillips is just not going to come back. back <laughs> well, I liked it. I loved it, actually. Talking <laughs> about it has made me realise how much yeah, I loved no, it. I talked about it again. So after watching it, I was a bit like, uh. But actually, no, I've talked about it. I'm like, that was really no, good. No, it was really, really good. It was funny. And I loved the idea of it being buried under the sand and there was some classic I, it was I, very I funny. I absolutely loved that scene because because it was, it was, the scene was built in a way where you got it like just a split just second, before, seconds they before they did. Well, like, even in my case, I think 0.25 seconds after <laughs> they did. You're like, why are they taking Why have they done that? <laughs> oh, yeah. But, um, and I love that. I, did, I like it that it, 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 it led us around the garden path. We thought yeah. the Dearborns might be dodgy. They were. Leslie Phillips it was... seemed above board. Well, no, he didn't. He seemed like well, an arsehole. We knew from the beginning. I didn't. I, I, I didn't think. Him off. No, I didn't think Leslie Phillips was above board. I thought he was. No, he I thought he was dodgy from the get go. But I didn't necessarily. Wrongen. Definitely a wrongen. Definitely. <laughs> I liked Natalie. She was. Great. I liked her, and I liked that the expert was a, a woman. Yeah, I know it was the nineties by this point, so we did have expert women. But like, most of the experts they call on are old men, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. Speaking in this program, so and, and, and probably often and in all programs, I think, and probably often are in real life for this sort of thing, particularly military stuff you know it, I yeah. think it was really nice I really love this the more I talk about it the more I think it was really really, really good so what did we learn I mean I well you two have just learned about dead cats I've, I've yeah, learned about from recording this podcast I've dead cats in walls cats I've learned about shoes and walls um, well I've learned what an anamorphic picture is and I've yes. learned about that and I learned loads actually learned a little bit about um, guns. I don't really know much about the Civil War. It's not a period that I'm that interested in or know well, very much about. We've learned so that the good. the UK has a has a vacuum when it comes to Civil War theme parks. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. true. Which, which is needs, yeah. If you'd been going Found to a business opportunity, this guy never did get it set up. Did yeah, he? if you'd been going to that theme park instead of Camelot, you would have. You would have known all that about the cannon. Well, I know exactly. There seems to be a, a theme though of uh, theme parks like boats through the boats ages. Boats through the ages. <laughs> 
just never just never materialised. Oh, yeah, just a time where lots of theme parks were being built. Well, I think that's when Camelot closed down, though, wasn't it? Yeah. In the late 90s, wasn't it? Camelot I used to go as a kid. was so good. It was just, I loved it so it much. It just looked so flimsy. I've, it just You look back and go, oh my how God, how did anybody let when me I go, go on to, any um, of those? When I go to Lambeth Country Show, I always go to the jousting because it... it because it just taps me back into going to Camelot and watching the jousting. I love it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, sorry, that was a bit of a sign. Yeah, I think I do. I think I learned anything specific. I mean, I, you know, a few, couple of bits that I think I know a little bit about Civil War, and there wasn't like that much history of it in there anyway, but it was quite interesting. I would be really intrigued to know if that was true about dropping random heavy things on the Germans yeah, during the, the war. war. Yeah, I wanted so to know true, that. If that's true, that's quite interesting. And I looked it up and tried to find it, and I, and I couldn't. I mean, it, but it, it did sound like plausible. it would be true. It sounds plausible. And also, when Lovejoy says, I think you're making it up, he says, well, but it would have been a secret. Yeah. We wouldn't have wanted people to know that we didn't have bombs and we didn't have firepower. I mean, so that's why you don't know about it, because... It they did kept do all sorts of things. They had huge cardboard tanks that from the air looked like real ones. So when they were doing the uh, uh, D-Day landings, they didn't. They put Ooh. a load of stuff on the south of England coast to suggest that they were going to go over and do it at Calais or, you know, yeah. work around that area. And the Germans flying overhead. They said they were in all the yeah. tunnels at Dover. Yeah. They were... bombed it all and they thought that, because they thought that these pretend tanks were amassing to go over the channel and actually they were all... It's things, it's clever ideas like that. Stuff that like that. War. Stuff like that. Yes, that's, that's, why, that's why we won. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> we were Excellent sneaky work. chaps. Ingenuity. That's yes. why we won. <laughs> Excellent. Um, Excellent. So, Antique of the Week. <laughs> oh, well, I want a paperweight now. I know we didn't see one, no. but I don't have a paperweight. I want that picture because I love stuff like that. Mm. Yes. I, I, I like the idea of, of something, hidden. a secret, something hidden. Yeah. Yes, I like, I'm going to have that one as well, Polly. We'll have to yep, share it. Definitely, Sorry. we'll share it. That's Maybe right. I'll have the mummified rats. <laughs> Put it under my floorboard. Let's assume it was actually a Cromwellian yeah. rat. <laughs> um, right, marks out of ten. Eight and a half. I really liked it. Oh, I only eight. I did really like it. It was good. I, I, I like I said, it's funny. After watching it, I was a bit like, oh, but actually, when I talk, when we talked through it, I'm like, it was really good. Yeah, I think um, I'm going to go so eight, eight as well. Eight. It was very enjoyable. There, if, Thank if, you, if you, Terry. If you, Thank you, Terry. If you really overanalyze it, I think there were probably some slight holes. Like, why are these people so bothered about paying him back for his tail light? <laughs> like, what is going on? And. I'm knocking you down half a point, Terry, actually, because I was expecting some sort of mystery that could not possibly be resolved. Because I've come to expect that from a... T- like, oh, but what is the well, weird candelabra but thing? But I found what it was inside so the wolf? pleasing that actually <laughs> this is how it... It's like Jonathan Creek, that mystery, wasn't it? You know, with the yeah, cannon hidden yeah. in the sand. I thought it was great. Actually, that was a very clever twist. Very so maybe he put all his brain power into that. Bit. But also, I love the way that she realised because she went. She is such an expert that she said that indentation just doesn't look right. Yeah, I've not done it right. That was really. Yeah. And he did include somebody with an interesting European accent. Where was she from? Polish, didn't say, yeah. Polish. Oh, oh did, well, maybe it didn't say. I she don't know if she ever said. She might have been Russian. Accent, wasn't it? But yeah, it wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't. But yes, it's not a Terry episode if there's not somebody. Oh, with a wasn't she accent. Russian? Because didn't he say spasiba to her at one point? Oh, uh, yeah. Just because yes, it's the only European language he knows. Sorry, all European yes. and Russian people listening to this podcast about Lovejoy for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a particular following in Eastern Europe. <laughs> yeah. After we did the Prague Sun, which is actually Central Europe, as we discussed at the time. Yes. Oh, cool. so no, it was very it enjoyable. Was brilliant, I love that. <laughs> we liked it. So, if you liked it too, <laughs> come and tell us. Yep. Online at Lovejoy Apod on Twitter or Instagram, for that matter. Um, you can email us. 
yeah, but I never read we, the emails. We never check the emails. <laughs> don't, don't bother emailing so, Just, just like, email do the us. social media thing. It's cool. Because um, I, I do read social media. I do talk to mm. people on social media because yeah, um, I haven't got a yeah. life. So uh, <laughs> come and talk to me. Actually, I think it's the opposite. Come and it's be like, my life. But I will say, what I think it is, it's like when you need something to get done, you just ask the busiest person that you know. So oh, that's why I'm making you do everything. Say. That's what Sorry. Come and talk to me on social media anyway. So, and, and, if you want, and if you want to support us and keep us in Taco oh, Bell yes. and <laughs> oh, yeah. um, then you can do so on patreon.com slash lovejoy actually. Uh, or if you can't don't want to support us regularly or just want to give us a little bit of a like I say, five pounds will buy us a chalupa box that we discovered today. Um, yes. discovered we don't actually chalupas. <laughs> that's what we've learned. We love chalupa. Yeah, you can you can uh, donate at coffee coffee ko hyphen fi dot com slash lovejoy actually just give us like quick how much you want yeah. i think we really should look up how to pronounce that i'm sure the people who run that website coffee. gritting their teeth I think it's, it's, it's like you're buying us a coffee it's meant to be like if you want to just buy someone a coffee mm. virtually but we'll um, never use it i think it coffee. is coffee but it's obviously i mean not. no we can reassure you right now that it will never <laughs> be, be used for, for coffee, coffee. <laughs> just wine batteries sd cards Pizza and chalupa, yeah. Pizza and Taco Bell. So on that note, uh, have a lovely rest of your day, stroke week, stroke evening, and see you soon. Bye. 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 Let's tell the world of all our guilty Oh, Kipper!